Hello, and welcome to the Playing With Power podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things CDH, EDH, and Magic the Gathering. I'm Cal, and today on this episode, I'm going to be joined by Lua Stardust. Lua Stardust is one half of the Scrybabies content team and has been playing CDH for a little bit now. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how she got into CDH, uh, what it was like entering the space as a woman, and uh, plenty more. So thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Uh, today, I'm joined by Lua. I already said that in the intro, which you've already heard. Um, but hello, Lua. Um, thank you for joining me today. It's great to have you here. Could you introduce yourself a little bit to the listening audience? Yeah. Hi, my name is Lua Stardust. You might have seen me on this channel before, or if you're listening, I've been on Playing With Power before. Uh, and mm -hmm. I am a, I guess, Magic the Gathering content creator. Um, I do other stuff. I do some cosplay and modeling and stuff. But right now, if you look at my Twitter feed, it is exclusively Magic because I am obsessed with this game and too many of its formats. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you are obsessed with Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty easy game to be obsessed with, but, uh, you know, I'm always interested in how people actually got started in playing Magic the Gathering, because it seems like a lot of different people have their own story in their own unique way that they got into it. Lua, how were you introduced to Magic the Gathering? Yeah, so I, um, like everybody, probably in, in at least my generation, grew up collecting Pokemon cards. And uh, I was also collecting, you know, Digimon and like everything that was like out at that time. I was collecting Yu-Gi-Oh, playing it. Um, and then in middle school, I actually started collecting magic cards because I read about them in a random book. And I was like, these look really pretty. So I started collecting them and I had I'm 30 now. So whatever age I am in middle school, right, I had a huge collection of magic cards that I actually lost which is so sad to think about because i wonder if any of it would have been good or valuable or fun <laughs> yeah that's that that's like the classic yeah. thing right like oh all my old cards in a storage <laughs> war it was in a storage war so somebody got all my cards and it's just awful but uh two years ago during the pandemic um i was meeting with my D, &D group and one of my friends in our D, &D group uh needed help with a favor and after I helped him out, um, he tried to pay me and I was like, no, I don't want your money. And he was like, well, let me teach you how to play uh, commander so you can join on our commander nights and like come hang out and play with us. And I was like, OK, that sounds so sick. And he showed me how to play. And like that night I went to Target. I bought like three pre-cons. The next day I went to Star City Games because I used to live near Star City Games, spent a ton of money. And I always joke and I'm like, I should have just taken the money from him because I've spent so much <laughs> on magic now. Yeah, exactly. Just like, all right, I won't pay you. Here's a life altering yep. addiction hobby. Yep. Here you go. Yep. I always think about like, because um, I play so much commander, but I think about people who play modern. I'm like, oh, those decks are so expensive. And then I'll look at my like fully foiled out deck and be like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, <laughs> it's kind of comparable. <laughs> Exactly. It kind of it kind of adds up yeah, over time. Sure. That is that is for sure. So you you got into you got into EDH in that way, mm -hmm. and then I, and the, but you know how I met you, and I'm sure how at this point a lot of other people have um, found you through the Magic the Gathering space and whatnot is actually through competitive EDH, mm -hmm. which um, as I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows is quite a bit different in a lot of ways than like you know hanging out at commander night with your friends mm -hmm. how did how did that kind of work out you know how did we kind of get from oh i've been taught edh i've been taught magic to play commander night as a 
favor, quote unquote, yep. um, to to uh, jamming the CEBH games. How did, how did that happen? How did that go so down? So when I started finding out that my um, local game store was hosting like Commander uh, on Sunday, they would play. Basically, you would play pay an entry and then they would give you packs for playing but then you would go Mm -hmm. to tables and if you won that table you go to the next one and i could never get to the second table because my decks weren't competitive enough um and then i was like i'm gonna play more high speed decks so i made like a like a a low budget winota um which got me to the second table and i won all these extra packs and stuff and it was like kind of powerhouse and um i noticed there was a lot of like conversation at the lgs about decks that were like cdh and their cdh decks which i look at it now i'm like those were not cdh decks those were decks that just had a little bit more (laughs) that's a real classic actually they happen to have a mana crypt in it Ah. it was a lot of that um and then i seen like an actual cdh deck for the first time it was this guy playing karkashima and he was a character um but he was just like look at this this is what cdh looks like and i like went through the deck and i saw like all the expensive mana rocks and like cool things and i was like all right um and i actually saw you because we were mutuals on twitter um i had been watching you know playing with power and uh play to win and like other channels and stuff because i just enjoy listening to the content of the games happening even if i don't recognize what's going on (laughs) uh or didn't at the time and i we had a group chat going on where i was like i kind of just want to try my hand at it so i made winota into a cdh deck because i already had her um and then just started grinding a lot of games and i have a lot of fun with it i would like to play more (laughs) than that deck i play kitten too um i just put together a a dawn waker thrasios and like an agila so i'm just trying to have like a nice collection of stuff but yeah i just like the ability to play something that's like at the highest peak mm-hmm. and not having to worry about what else everybody's bringing to the table because of like you know the lgs experience like i said where people are saying things are cdh and they're not or bringing a deck that's actually a table with a cdh deck which is not always the case at lgs's but sometimes it is so yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense i think that's the appeal for cdh for a lot of mm-hmm. people you know they're like uh, rule zero conversations or pregame conversations or what have it's it's dangerous territory. People can get hurt. Yeah, I just think um, it, it's misunderstanding. I don't know if there's anything cooler than doing like an infinite combo, <laughs> like like just a big combo. You know, yeah, that's that's very fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how I feel about it. But then why do you play Winona? I know. Well, there's Kiki Jikis. Yeah, Kiki Jiki's been doing some stuff. Um, I well, I play Kitten, like I said, so I get to do a lot of that fun stuff in there. <laughs> and it's not Boros, so that's yeah. cool too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, what has inspired? I know, I know, you started with Winota, and I mean, you haven't been playing Magic that long. What mm-hmm. do you remember? What the, the most recent set was when you started? Um, I started right before Call Time came out, so like two months before that. Yeah. Whew. Okay, that's pretty. That's crazy yeah. to me. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've been playing Magic for thirteen years or something like that. So, um, you know, I gotta say, Lua, it's pretty impressive to me that you jumped kind of right into the deep end. Because in a lot of ways, CDH really is the deep end. It's a lot of complicated interactions. It's a lot of uh, a ton of different cards. Obviously, there's a lot of the same cards every year, and I run into a lot of Ristic mm-hmm. studies or what have yeah. you. But what was what was that experience like kind of jumping right into the deep end because like i know you played some commander (laughs) for a while but there like you said there is kind of a big difference in between kind of like being at commander night and people being like oh this is my cedh deck that has a mana crypt in it and then like 
yeah, like playing against Krakashima or having full power Winota or, or whatnot. I think everybody knows to look out for like a Thassa's Oracle, right? At this point, right? Yeah. Like, but there's a lot of cards with like fringe CDH decks or just like things that aren't as like I don't know. I don't know what your like most common decks you would see are right anymore, but like a Winota is pretty viable, I would say. A Don Waker Thrasios is pretty viable. You know, Goto was cool at one point. So you get like a very specific list of decks that like you kind of know what to look out for and then I just will see a random thing at the table and be like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> Give that to me. Yeah, at tournaments, it. it's always like, I got what the other two decks do, I don't know what the hell that is. Um, so yeah. it's been... Look, I still I still run into that. Well, somebody was playing, uh, what is it, the Lanus Cryptozoologist deck and I was like, who was playing this deck? Nobody. I was like, <laughs> literally just confused by it. But um, the good thing is there's so much stuff on the internet. Like, um, I like watching just videos about combos or like when a new uh commander i guess comes out or something like that i like to sit down and watch those and see what kind of things people are putting into their decks um i spend a lot of time on like moxfield and i kind of just go through stuff and i am so bad at reading primers but i try to do that a lot too to kind of understand what's going in there but there's just way too many cards out there and like you said there are a lot of repeatable cards like a risk study that you'll see in those decks and you kind of know what to expect with certain things and like once you know certain combo lines like of course you're going to look out for that but i feel like people are crafty like even with this new set that came out there's so much new cards there's a lot of new cards that i think are really cdh viable and i just cannot keep up with it so um if it if it helps at all all i do is watch youtube videos like in in comparison to doing podcasts like i guess this is a podcast right so i can listen to this yeah. uh, but i'll listen to like playing with power videos while I'm like doing my dishes or like taking a bath and that's like the only way I could process you know when you're in school and you're like if I listen to this video before I go to sleep I'm gonna know all the answers to the test the next day I do that <laughs> it's, it's it's but with but with but with yeah. playing with power and play yep, to win <laughs> yep, it's pretty much that so yeah and of course I play as much as I can so mm. that makes a lot of yeah. sense <laughs> I say that on this podcast way too much you know guest that makes so much mm. sense Lua you're so smart you really have this all figured I'm out. I'm trying. Well, I try to play too, like Arena, as much as I was like kind of against playing mm -hmm. it, just to play more limited stuff. I do pre-releases so I can see what new cards are, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And that's like my only advice is play more limited, I guess. Yeah, just play more Magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think I think that's like I do think that's like one of the the uh, the best things you can do if you're just trying to get into CDH. It's just like play CDH. Mm -hmm. Just jump in. Mm -hmm. Just jam games because you'll learn a lot. It's so people will show you things. It's so easy to. Um, it's so proxy friendly. Number one, two. There's so many discords mm -hmm. already that have spaces to play weekly, which is great. So it's very easy to find a play group to want to play some CDH with you. So yeah, exactly, yeah. and. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Of course, like playing with power. It's a very cool show. <laughs> but, uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, very cool show. Very cool channel. Very cool gameplay content. Mm -hmm. um, but I I digress. <laughs> As you're wearing the merch of your own show. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, I, I recorded an episode recently where I was wearing a Blue's Clues sweatshirt. While Drake, who was also on the podcast with me, was wearing his Playing With Power shirt. And I was like, you know what? Maybe at least the bare minimum I can do is wear the Playing With Power shirt on the Playing With Power show. Yeah, I think that works. That's that's, that's not a bad way to do it at all. A little, a little bit of a uniform, mm -hmm. perhaps. It's at least a pretty logo, you know? Yeah, I like I, li I like it a lot. But um, yeah, what's, what's getting into CEDH, like, intimidating 
to you at all or anything like that? Or or was it pretty much just like a chill time? I think from being at like the LGS and like the way people would talk about it, I was like, oh man, are they actually all pup stompers? Or are they actually like really just cause like to me, the idea of like, I would go to an LGS and be like, all right, let's all play and like put our commanders on the table like you're supposed to. And somebody would like flip it over and be like, I'm not revealing it till it's time, right? So I was like, oh, is it all <laughs> those types of people, yeah. right? Um, but I wasn't really intimidated by it because like I said, I was already following um, such personable channels and like mm-hmm. I was friends with you and I was friends with other people that to me made it seem so fun that when I started playing, I wasn't scared to like join a community. I was scared of looking dumb and not knowing my deck well enough. Um, and there's still things where like I'll look at it um, when I'm starting to play a new deck where I feel confident with it and I'm like, oh shit, that combos with this or this card works in this way, mm-hmm. right? So it's when you're not playing at a super competitive level or like at a tournament or something, if we're playing and you see the line there, most of the time we're, like somebody will point it out and we'll kind of just go back and forth, right? And shuffle up and play another game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't really have any negative i know that's hard to say magic twitter and the internet can be quite negative in general (laughs) yes very Um, but i don't have any negative things about like cdh in general it's probably the place i'm the happiest if i'm like playing in Mm -hmm. general like cdh is like the place where i feel the most comfortable so yeah that makes a lot of sense and you've been comfortable enough to start playing in some tournaments and stuff which again to me is is pretty wild you know uh talking about jumping in feet first you know you're playing in cdh tournaments which in my experience are maybe some of the more uh confusing or intense tournament environments that you can play in because there's a lot of people uh we play in smaller spaces so everybody's crowding around you mm-hmm. uh what is that what is the cdh tournament experience been like um well okay so i've done three so far and mm-hmm. uh it's been kind of the same <laughs> record. Like it yeah. hasn't been anything cr- like yeah. crazy good. Um, but I've really liked the experience of playing in a tournament. Like I, I definitely want to mm-hmm. have better stats going out of them. Like that's a goal for sure. Every time yeah, I go for there. Sure. Um, I think that also should be me switching up the deck. Cause I don't think Winota is very favored right now in general. Uh, and it's very, very hard to play her. Uh, Mike is fantastic and, and just did very well with her. So I can't talk, but it is very hard for her right now. Um, but going there, like the first thing I notice is I'm like one of six women c- competing and playing, mm-hmm. um, which to me I feel like is is pretty important, um, at least for like that representation. And mm-hmm. it is like a little nerve wracking. Um, I have been fortunate where pretty much all of my tables have been like very nice and people have been really chill mm-hmm. and um, the experience has been good. Uh, there's a very like public experience i had in my first tournament where i was like crying and everybody thinks it's because i'm, I'm like a sad sissy girl that's like oh no i can hear the list um when it was very much a very different experience but since then i have not cried at a cds tournament and i've been doing very good <laughs> um and it's <laughs> only cried just, once. just once just the one time and it's all over the internet so it's great um but other than that like i i really just I enjoy playing webcam CDH, right? It's great. I like playing with my friends and, and and everything like that. But there's nothing compared to like being in the hot seat. Like one of my favorite moments was the last tournament that we went to. It was you, Cam, and Ian, and some guy uh, playing a table. And I was just like, man, this is so hard to watch because I love all of you. I want you all to win. But it's also so cool to watch you all play together, especially because like I consume your content. You're my friends, right? Um 
So it's nice to kind of just like be in that space, check on how all of your friends are doing throughout the tournament. And like the play style is so different. Um, well, mm-hmm. most of it's different. Sometimes I feel like some people, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about the elders experience. So there's some of that there, but it's just nice. And yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun competing. Um, again, working on getting better stats, but it's taught me a lot about how I want to play as a player and how much more I need to like research other decks and do things. So today's podcast is sponsored by Card Conduit. Do you have extra cards lying around that you don't use? Want to buy or trade for some extra cards but don't know how to maximize the value? Then you should try out Card Conduit. Card Conduit is the best service when it comes to selling your extra cards. Don't waste hours trying to find the best buy list price for your cards online. Simply send them to Card Conduit and let them take care of the rest. I've used Card Conduit multiple times already. I always use them to get the best value of my extra cards. I get fair prices for my cards and they save me tons of time. They have three main services. Their standard service lets you send them unsorted cards of any value. They will sort, grade, and give you the best buy list price for your cards. Their curated service is similar. Send them your unsorted cards worth over a dollar in value. They will charge half of the fee of the standard service and charge no fee per card. Their new sorted service is a great value as well. Choose cards in advance with their selection tool, send them sorted to Card Conduit, and they will grade and buy list them automatically. Save yourself the time of having to send to multiple sites and let Card Conduit do it instead. Their fee is only 2% with no fee per card. They give you the best price for your cards. They work with competitive buy listing partners, including ones not open to the public. Users get an average of 19% more for their collection than they would have from a major retail buy list, even with Card Conduit's fees. Card Conduit also optimizes buy listing for card condition as well. Since vendors have different penalties for wear and tear, Card Conduit will find the best buy list price against the specific condition of a card. So give Card Conduit a try today. If you sign up with my link in the show notes or the description or use the promo code POWER, you'll also get 10% off their fees when you use their service. A big thanks to Card Conduit for sponsoring today's podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, you, you did mention that... Um, at CDH tournaments, you're perhaps like one of the six women, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's that's a pretty universal experience, you know, uh, Magic the Gathering, at least like publicly or who you run into at events and all that kind of stuff is on average, middle aged white men mm-hmm. is pretty much like the average Magic the Gathering demographic, at least that go out to events mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but you are not a middle aged white man. Um, <laughs> yep. Well, it, it, <laughs> Seems right. Yeah. Wait. Checks out. Checks mm-hmm. out. Um, so you know, you're you're a person of color. You're 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 a woman. Has has that really colored your experience coming into magic at all? Has that? What is what has that been like? I don't want to. I don't want to. No, no. I don't think so. Anything, I think that's but... it's been like hits and misses, right? Like there's definitely been mm-hmm. experiences of like. I mean, my old LGS getting like super mansplained, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, yeah. you know, people thinking or men specifically thinking that they know more um, has definitely been a situation for sure. And um, I think like for the most part, I've been pretty lucky where the people I've surrounded myself aren't like that. Um, it's always the mm-hmm. random games and the random experiences where like a weird thing might happen. But I think that thankfully most of the the magic people i've came across are very like kind-hearted and like i don't want to use the word woke but they're woke they're not they're not like just just yeah yeah, yeah, they're not the average like chad hanging out the lgs being like um actually so i'm feeling pretty good about that um there's Mm -hmm. definitely like some experience and that there's more experiences that i've witnessed other people go through than i 
have, which is mm-hmm. um, unfortunate. And I will always use my voice for those people in those spaces. Um, but I've been pretty fortunate where most of my experiences have been good. I just I definitely think sometimes the men will underestimate the women in the tournament space. So it's nice to see when people like Alana and, and other women are like up on the ranks and doing the damn thing. I think Jen won mm-hmm. what, like three mm-hmm. pods when we were in uh, San Jose, your wife, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. So whenever like I that. see a girl doing well, I just get she beat Matt Sperling. That's, that's all that's I remember. All, and I couldn't either. So, you know, it's really good. Um, so yeah, that's the yep. stuff that I do like. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, I, I, I do, I, from somebody who's been around for a while there, I, I, I do think there has been a very encouraging, like, um, sea change or shift in a lot of the larger culture and stuff around Magic the Gathering and around EDH and even around CEDH within like the last five years or so. And so, you know, I I am happy to hear you say that. And I, I do know that other people have had some pretty terrible experiences and that mm-hmm. that that sucks. And I'm and I'm glad that they do have somebody like you to be able to uh, speak up for them. I think um, what's in that kind of stuff and other people. In the yeah, I think too. what's important um, for events to do is make sure that they're creating those safe spaces for people. Yeah, um, certainly s- small things that go a long way or like name tags for pronouns. Um, one mm-hmm. thing I liked I've done in the past and would like to continue doing in the future is um, sponsoring other women and non-binary mm-hmm. people to play in events. So if they don't have the funds to do so, like if I have extra money that month, I'm happy to toss it to somebody so that they get their face out there and that they're competing and like representing us. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's really big. Um, I know not everybody's in a, a, a place to do that but if you ever get just an extra you know 30 something bucks 50 bucks in your pocket and you want to help somebody out i think that's a really cool way of doing yeah. it buy somebody else's entry yeah. why not so i like that yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense but um i, I it, it has been some major change but it, it, a long way yes. to go like oh, you yeah, said like sure. there's there's a lot of bare minimum stuff that can mm-hmm. be done like yeah a, a pronoun pronoun pins or name tags or whatever massive help great thing um, but that's just kind of something you don't actually see all that mm-hmm. much at smaller events or larger events, which would be great to see more of. For sure. <laughs> Shifting gears a little bit, um, now that you have been in uh, the Magic the Gathering space since the grand old age of right before Kaldheim, um, you yourself have also, just like you jumped pretty much feet first into CEDH, the format, you've also jumped pretty head first into Magic the Gathering content creation. And towards towards the beginning, you were streaming, appearing a lot of other people's streams, um, talking about it a lot online. But now you have something called Scrybabies. Could you tell me a little bit about Scrybabies? Yeah. Um, Scrybabies is myself and Tori the Vast. Uh, we were both, like you said, creating content about magic online streaming, TikTok, stuff like that. And the two of us have been friends since I started playing magic. Um, we, you and I have talked about this earlier in this podcast too, where a lot of shows are just white men um there's not a lot of women-led yes, shows i could probably count the yep. women-led shows it, it, like on one hand if i if i really wanted to um yep. and so the two of us really wanted to focus on creating a space that was a lot of faces that you don't normally see in magic um diversity of course like i'm a poc myself i'm, I'm gay poc woman <laughs> like that's the first thing so that's like already a huge step um and then i i i think LA is so lucky to get so many incredible people out there and you see them constantly on Command Zone and all those shows, right? But there's so many people on the East Coast who I don't think get showcased enough. So that was something we wanted to do and we Mm -hmm. wanted to be able to 
travel to other LGSs or uh, conventions and meet people and create these like fun episodes. So uh, we do EDH, we do some CDH, we're doing more um, 1v1 formats. So we have some like modern on there as well as um, we have a pioneer episode coming up all types of stuff i want to do a dandian episode i think that'll be really cool it has to be with cal and brayden though but um <laughs> yeah i think it's it's the main focus is like edh brought me and tori together but tori has such a big love for 1v1 and i have such a big love for cdh that we're just meshing it all together yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah how's how's that been going it seems like the reception has been pretty great yeah it's it's been really great um i we only started in january right and it's been very successful and i've been very happy with it uh it is not an easy job <laughs> it is it is very hard um shout out to all the editors in the world because oh my gosh i could not imagine sitting for 20 plus hours editing a gameplay video that is a lot um i think the the nice thing about you know some playing with powers videos not including masterpieces because that's a whole different experience is i love the narration videos i got to do some of those myself on um spike feeders and i love what ryan does Mm -hmm. but i think that aspect is so easy like not easy because you have to write a whole script and do everything right but it's Uh so simply put out there it's easy to watch getting people to like sit and watch a 45 to 50 minute commander video is very it's definitely a lot more of an investment it's it's hard and paying for that's also very expensive um but overall i'm just really happy with the content that we've been putting out and the reception to it and um getting to work with cool people that's all i want to do so that makes a lot of sense yeah. i think i think you have been very successful in working with a lot of cool people you've had a lot of cool people on there and you've had a lot of cool people involved like i i know that uh, a good friend of mine and of yours dan mm-hmm. i saw that they recently just um edited their first video for you that's just it's just exciting stuff to be able to make cool content that people want to see and you get to get a lot of other people involved and you get to be you know uh representative of what is i like i said i I said earlier that magic the gathering is like publicly a white male hobby but wizards of the coast has said that it's like actually not Mm -hmm. those are just like the people who feel comfortable coming to events right and um for reasons that we could talk about for forever but um it's 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 great to that you're able to be that representative in the content space because yeah like you said i i as far as women-led content teams i'm aware of there's like good luck high five i'm aware of like good luck high five and then i'm aware of scry babies elder dragon hijinks like that's, <laughs> that's it there's yes yes elder dragon like, hijinks for sure it. yeah like and, and i know there's some women yep. that like um upload just like magic content but not as much gameplay yeah. in general and there's also not a lot of in-person yep. gameplay um the yeah. one thing that we're that we were talking about to me is um me and tori wanted to make a gameplay show that is the change that we want to see in the community and mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. everybody like i would highly encourage if i could any woman who's watching this like who wants to create a show please go out there and do it but it's so hard when one the commander market feels very saturated <laughs> there's so much gameplay that comes out all the time which is great i love to consume it i'll do it all day um, but as content creators it is hard and two um it's easier said than done it's expensive like just getting three cameras itself and we're not even using like super amazing cameras is very expensive not to mention the cost of editing and and paying your guests or feeding your guests or doing whatever you're doing it's it's really hard to do and um i think there's like some channels that just really bring new life to commander that i that i love and i think are really special um but overall it's easier said than done, I guess. And um, while mm-hmm. I'm grateful for this experience, it has been quite the challenge. Because also, too, we like have been talking about doing this together for months before we started it. But we fully were like, 
in August, like, okay, we're doing this and we're putting out our first episode in January. So it was like the fastest grind to get a logo done, to get an editor hired, to get everything done. So it's a lot. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the startup for making like the, the content that you two make is a, a lot higher quality at floor than a lot of other people start with. And I think, I think it's very evident that you have put a lot of thought into it and like you said, a lot of money into it, but yeah, I get it. Like for masterpieces, mm-hmm. we bought some used cameras and <laughs> it ran us a lot yep. of money. Yep. <laughs> but, but now you get to see that um, side of it yeah. too, because like while you yeah, do exactly. record in person, like at conventions and like other spaces, it's not the same as like what you're doing yep. for masterpieces, right? So it's it's, it's different. Yeah, aspect. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Very cool though. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, I I'm really excited that the two of you are doing it. I've loved watching all of the scribe bear to beast content that i've had the time to consume because it turns out that when you yourself make content uh it takes up a lot of your time to check out other people's content uh but i have watched everything except for your newest video and i have loved it all i I just shouted out dan for editing a video and i haven't watched it yet so (laughs) it's okay it's okay (laughs) i think that's just the content creator lifestyle great job everybody i'll check it out next year (laughs) i think you just need to come play on our channel and then we can get like a play on the power scry babies crossover and then that's the content for sure for sure for sure well this this is like a a a, a little tiny mini scry babies playing with power crossover yeah, right like a go. tiny little one <laughs> one in one we're good, yeah <laughs> where's <laughs> one ryan one. yeah exactly <laughs> one sixth of the playing with power team combines with one half of the scrybabies team to combine <laughs> <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. but um <laughs> i'm glad that you've been able to do that and and uh, the hard work that you two have been putting in um it really shows and i can't i can't wait uh, to continue seeing where it keeps going. It's been, it's been Thank awesome. You. And, um, you know, yeah, like you said, I, I, it is, it can be kind of discouraging to, um, get started in the content world because as more and more content gets made, it seems like the floor for what people think they have to hit as a bare minimum gets like raised and raised and, uh, it's expensive and it's time consuming. It takes a lot of work and a lot of planning, but like you said, just go for it. But Lua, you have you have been an independent content creator for a very long time, just before Magic too, and I actually wanted to, in this vein, ask if you had anything that you would give as a tip or a trick mm. to that woman or, or somebody else listening who said, you know, I am gonna do something, I am gonna make something. What would you, is there any sage advice you would imbue upon them? I would say, get some good savings. Uh, yeah, that's a good for, Get some good savings to figure out what you're allowed to write off on your taxes because that is the hardest thing ever is figuring that out. Um, as far as I think that Ryan might have like an Amazon marketplace or something with all the stuff that y'all mm-hmm. have on set. Um, we need to set up one too, but have looking for those kind of resources where you can find kind of like the best and easiest setup for the people who have already done this before so you don't have to freaking give yourself a yep. headache by looking for the materials other people have done the Just research look at yeah. that um and yeah i think there's a lot of people who are pretty open about talking about their experience and in getting into content creation and creating these shows so like mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask that advice or listen to when people are speaking about it but um 
yeah, I think really just focusing on the things that are important to you and your brand is is like the essential thing. I know that YouTube itself is is something that I wasn't used to. I was doing content creation on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and man, YouTube has a way of making you doubt everything <laughs> that you love about your 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 job or your content that you're producing um, because yeah. the algorithm is really rough and it's just tough on there. Um, and that's been something that like, as a new show, we've had to kind of um, talk about because it felt like sacrificing like something you love for the view count is like a very common conversation. And I think sticking to your guns about things you're passionate about, but not costing yourself an arm and a leg while doing it is like the one thing that you have to find balance for in this kind of industry. But yeah, that makes a whole ton of sense. <laughs> I said it again. I said it again. I need the catchphrase <laughs> of Cal on a t-shirt. It's just like, that makes a lot of sense, playing mm -hmm. with power. I think we could make that happen. I think we could make that happen. More playing with power merch, yeah. you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, you know, that was uh, some great tips, mm -hmm. Lua. Thank you for sharing. Got it. Um, and, you know, do you have anything else to say about content before I wrench you right back to uh, talking about CDH? Not really. I think it's – um, it is – I think everybody who, like, wants to do content um, – the, the, I guess the more important I think the important thing this is even something I said to Ryan too when they were going full-time content mm -hmm. is like making it a strict schedule for yourself and trying to stick to it because once you're going full-time it's really hard to um, step away for work or give yourself time to like actually your, your sign because you know yeah. uh, it's really hard to commit to giving yourself that time for yourself um, so yeah that's all that's all my content help all right that makes a lot of <laughs> don't say it don't say it I, I stopped myself. I didn't say it this time. All right. Uh, uh, way earlier in this podcast episode, I, I wrote down this little thing I wanted to ask you about, which was, yeah, you started with Winota. Yes. We're going way back. You started with Winota. You've started playing Kinnon. You started playing uh, some other decks. But have you made the jump, which I think is actually kind of a hard jump to make. It's not really one that I've made. Um, but would you would have you have you made the jump from cedh player to cedh brewer no are you out there are you out there you're not you're out you're not out there tweaking your list you're not you're not making no. those changes if I want a list, you haven't dropped some hot spice no, on the no, world I, my yet? thing is right. uh to my boyfriend ian <laughs> i want this as a cdh deck make it because like that is not me yeah um, i respect all the brewers in the world i love your primers Thank you so much. My brain does not work like that. Um, whenever yeah. a new card gets spoiled, there's like seven CDH people on my feet. Like, how do we break this? And I'm like, my brain is like new shiny card. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's nice art. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> I'm in the exact same yep. boat. I, I, I try my best to work on exactly one deck because it's a deck that people look towards me mm -hmm. to uh, work on, which is just that a uh, good old... Um, <laughs> it's just good old teamer pirates but past I, that man i am useless you can cut this if you want to but did you see the tweet that ian made the other day that was like i figured out the shalai combo and was like telling he basically woke up was like i found this new combo for shalai it's the best thing ever was going off about it and like read it to me and it was the meal and dockside thing and i was like mike already posted that like two days ago <laughs> <laughs> and, like, 
<laughs> Look, yeah. I think I think Mike and Ian have just been sharing the same two CDH yep. brain cells for like yep, two yep, years yep. now. So it's, so it's a lot of that. And like I, again, give credit to those people because my brain could just not do it. Maybe one day, like there's definitely some things I think could be viable that aren't looked at. Um, but yeah, I don't think it will have the full capacity to be like, here's a 99 perfect cards or 98 perfect cards for these commanders. No. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Is is that something you ever really foresee yourself eventually doing, I mean, or or do you think you're just going to be happy to keep jamming cards? I think I'm going to be happy learning to, about different to lists. jam stuff. I mean, I love brewing commander decks in general, but it's not the same thing, um, in my opinion, at least. It's not the same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think if anything, it would be kind of what you're saying, where I'd be like, these are changes to Winota that I think could be really good, and you with Teamer Pirates, and then that's it. <laughs> like, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, past CDH, going past CDH again. Um, you, I, I know that you learned Popper on the fly, mm-hmm. pretty much yep. for uh, the professors <laughs> shuffle up and play episode. You and I talked about that a decent yep. bit in the run up to that. Um, but and with Scribe Babies, you are doing um, many other Magic the Gathering formats and showcasing many other ways to play Magic beyond just uh, Commander and whatnot. Have you been really getting into those other ways yeah. to play? Uh, or have you just been like, all right, I, I've tried this popper thing. I'm going back to my commander. I've tried this modern thing. Yeah, I'm going back to commander. Yeah, or... no. Um, So I've, I've definitely been playing popper for a while still. Like I have two other decks that I've been mm-hmm. rotating out and been having fun with that. Um, I know like Oathbreaker is a thing that people have been playing. That's cool, whatever. I get really hyped on specific decks. Like I remember the morning that Winota got banned in Pioneer, I woke up. I just filled up my cart with all the cards and I was like, I'm going to be playing Winona and Pioneer. I'm so happy about it. And then she got banned an hour later. Right. So I was mm. off it for a little bit, but there's this Grease Fang deck that I really want to play on Pioneer. Um, I, I'm like, I kind of want to have like one or two decks for every format and just being able to jam them seems really fun to me, but mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. That makes not every much time, sense. That doesn't make much sense to every me, time you see it, you're That doesn't me make $1. much sense to me. <laughs> that's a new thing. $1. And then I can take a vacation. I am I am bankrupt. I have no more money left. Yep. It's my turn to take a vacation. <laughs> I'm finally taking a vacation. The one piece of content advice that Lua has given me time again is take a vacation. You are. And listener, I am at long last listening to her. So write that one down mm-hmm. too. Take a vacation. <laughs> I think that's a great tip for everybody, well, actually. Because we travel so much for work and for events where it almost feels like we're on vacation because we're doing it, but the whole time we're working. So is it a vacation? No. Yes. We get to eat at a cool restaurant. No. Love it. But that's it. <laughs> like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, no, exactly. Ooh, that's, uh, I'm having a blast out of the fluorescent lights of the convention center. This is so relaxing. Mm-hmm. And then after, people want to go play more Magic the Gathering in the lobby somewhere <laughs> so i'll play magic from yep. dust to dawn exactly yep. Yep. yep exactly well uh lua here on the playing with power podcast we keep things like under 45 minutes every single time we can help it so we're running out of time a little bit here is there anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about to your great friend callahan on this episode of the playing with power podcast no i don't think so uh thank you so much for having me if you haven't watched the four winota episode on playing with power you should watch it because it's really good and for no other reason at all and i would love if one day we can collab again sky babies and us or you i don't know why i think i'm in playing with power it's fine i mean yeah i mean eh, (laughs) like a borderline uh, moving towards honorary member of playing with power i guess at this point you probably have more guest appearances than anybody who's not a mox love to see it up there so which is very funny um you know all you have to do to get onto playing with power is be a cool creator 
So write that down. Mm-hmm. Um, let's write that down. But uh, where can people find you around the internet, Lua? Yeah. Um, so I am Lua Stardust on everything. You go to lewisardust.com to find all the ways to find me on socials. And then if you want to check out my show, Scribe Babies, uh, me and Tori put out new episodes every other Friday. You can check those out. And we're just Scribe Babies MTG on everything. So that's where we're at. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me, Lua. It was great chatting with you about these variety of things. Um, I would love to have you back another Yay, time. Thanks, pal. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or your favorite podcast aggregator. You'd be surprised how much it helps. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and more. All links are in the episode notes, as well as Lua's links as well. Thanks again to Lua for joining me on the podcast today. And that wraps it up for this episode. Tune in next time when we talk more about our favorite format and our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and we will see you next time.